0: Hello and welcome to Unsuckable. I'm your host, Manuel Fede, and it's been a while. I have been on the road a ton, and I'm so happy to be back. Um, Glad the guys kept it going while I was bouncing around various parts of the world. Um, Obviously, we've been in contact, but yeah, it's nice to be back. And um, Adrian, it was great fun yesterday with you on on your
1: video on the Bundesliga. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. That was a really long video, but I think that it came out well. I'm, uh, It got me excited. I learned some things, especially what you had to say about Mazraoui, and maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that because now I feel like it has to be explained, but uh, <laughs> I was surprised to hear some of the things you had to say about Bayern and some of the other teams, and the Bundesliga starts today, so it's a very good day, and I'm looking forward to this. I think a lot of leagues start
0: today, right? Premier League starts as well. Um, isn't La Liga and Serie A usually a little bit
1: behind? Yeah, they're in the following week, but yeah, we got Portugal starting. Everything, yeah, there's quite a few league all two. I think it's yeah, it's it's a good, it's a big weekend.
0: Uh, club football is back back, which is really nice. And um, yeah, helping us break everything down today, we have a lot of topics. Is uh, Filippo Filippo, how's it going? It's been a long time. It's it's glad to be back.
2: Yeah, I mean we've still been. It doesn't feel like we've been far from each other because we've still communicated. Yeah. This entire time we kind of know what each other what everyone did during the summer but but, yeah, it's good to have all four of us back, right last week, we had three of us, but we were just missing you, Manuel. Happy yeah. we're all together again, and now we gotta there it's exciting times too because now the european league's return m l s is reaching playoffs in a few months, the World Cup's coming up, the rest of the year is gonna be wonderful
0: yeah it's it, it's been wild like i'm I'm didn't even know where I was when you recorded last, so um i've been on the road a ton um but yeah it's
3: good to be back and as you said all four of us josh how's it going it's going good it's going good it's a little rainy here though unfortunately i've had i've been blessed yeah i've been been blessed with really good weather for dude i'm in florida
2: you want to talk about rain
3: you're getting a lot of rain we've had we've had like 35
2: manuel you've been here in florida during the summer haven't you
0: no, only in the winter. And it's like I had tornadoes uh, when I was
2: there. Yeah. Florida during the summer after 5 p.m., it it's not your average rain. I don't think you're ready for it.
0: I was, rain. Just, I was just in D.C. And I assume it's almost a similar setting, right, where it rains almost every evening. The summer. Yeah,
2: it's it's pretty bad though. The rain, like you can't you can't go out. It's horrible. I saw Alexandre Pato from Orlando City tweeting about that the other day.
0: But <laughs> it's Ontario's like that too in the summer.
3: It it can be like we've had a lot of summers that are, are just pure heat. We've had a lot of summers that are, it rains honestly every other day. And this summer has been extremely hot and it's been very consistent. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's you know it's just a matter of time. But this week we got hit with a, a lot of rain, which I mean probably needed but uh you know it was was just a little different i was used to like this 35 degree hot hot weather and all of a sudden it's uh it's 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 dying down a little bit now we're in the mid 20s we're back we're back to usual yeah it's like i
0: was just south of the border where you are um josh in wisconsin right at in green bay to do the Bayern munich us tour um which is why i missed the last last podcast and it was hot (laughs) like really 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 hot um and I know the players really, really struggled with the heat too and working through the heat. So yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Um, I guess that's what you get for doing preseason tours like that. But I think no matter where you go at this time of the year, it's it's always going to be heat. And also, boys, and this is where I think this is actually really interesting. I wanna cut right into our first topic here, which is the the prediction for the top four. Oh, are we doing the top five? I guess we could do France as well. Right? Uh we'll do uh, maybe
2: France yeah. is number five, right?
0: Yeah. I mean obviously the, the top four is England, Spain, Germany, Italy. Um and then every once in a while you do make it. top like, I guess because the Champions League is now the top five for four with four teams direct, right? Um so I don't know. We'll see where where this conversation goes, but you know what is interesting. I mean, it is hot. It's early August, like the season, because of Qatar starts very, very, very early this year, and I guess fittingly, because you know they are going to play in the desert, so maybe this is a good preparation for when the World Cup does actually come around. But I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, Josh. Um, the Premier League. I guess we'll start with the the, the best league uh, or the the self called best league. Um, with our prediction this year and and it's going to be I think a very interesting year with what Manchester City and Liverpool have done and then uh, there's a lot of movement further down with Arsenal and um, all the other teams um, doing business. Chelsea, uh, Cucurella is now finished, uh, done deal and um, I think it's going to be interesting but not interesting and I'm going to go with you first here for your prediction. What do you think what's going to happen in the Premier League this year?
3: Well, I mean, it, like I, every time I read something, it's kind of the same story. It's just like two teams, and it's, it's City, it's Liverpool. And I'm torn because, I mean, I watched the uh, the Community Shield, and I thought Liverpool looked damn good. But, I mean, I, I, think, I think it'll take a little bit of use to for this new kind of system to be played under a pep with a, a proper number nine. But I, I, I don't know. But my, my head's telling me City. But my gut's telling me Liverpool. So I'm going to go with Liverpool. I'm going to say Liverpool... And then City, sh- obviously behind. And I'm going to go Chelsea. A lot of people are sleeping on Chelsea and saying that they're going to slip out of... I've been seeing a lot of predictions going around of Chelsea slipping out into fifth. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to slip that much. Maybe maybe fourth or third. And then I'm going to say Tottenham rounds it out and Arsenal then obviously slip out. So those are, those are my four. But it, I think it's an interesting one. I'm I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts as well because I have a feeling that you guys will be a little bit different. I think I might have already cheated and saw Adrian's uh, on on Twitter, but regardless, that's what I'm going with,
4: Liverpool. Adrian
0: did a a prediction. I didn't see it yet, but um, so Adrian, what's your prediction then?
1: So I have done my prediction already, Josh. You did see. You did see. Um, And I do have City going ahead in first. But the big caveat that I have now is that let's see what happens with Bernardo Silva. Because if they also lose Bernardo Silva to Barcelona, which seems like it could happen. wait,
0: Wait, 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 what? How- yes. possible. Yes. not even been able to register the guys that they have. Oh. I know, but the- <laughs> there's,
1: there's another lever. The levers are endless. They said that they didn't oh, want to have to do their third lever, and now it looks like they're going to do their fourth economic lever. So, I don't know. Let's, I, like, Manuel, we've sort of put the ixnay on speaking about Barcelona and finances for now because it just gets so tiring.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: but, yeah, if they are to lose someone like Bernardo Silva, then that's, that's a lot of big players that they lose. Gabriel Jesus, Sterling, Bernardo Silva... Zinchenko as well. I mean, he was a good squad player. So I think if they lose all those players, it's just too much change too fast. That being said, City do have a sort of a habit of starting slow every single season. um, And then they sort of pick it up and they just become a machine. So I do still have them in first, Liverpool second. In third, I actually have Tottenham because I'm a huge Antonio Conte fan. And I think that with some of the signings that he made, they're very much Conte players. And I think that Spurs are going to surprise some people. And then I had Arsenal fourth, Chelsea fifth, just because I don't trust their attack. It seems to falter every single time. um, And United in sixth which uh, is a good segue into Filippo and what he thinks his squad's going to be capable of this season, I think.
0: And also what the Brazilian Gabriel Jesus is going to do at Osmo. Exactly. Um, He's looked amazing. Always, I'm always curious about that. So Yeah, yeah I,
2: I, I did put out one take that got a lot of hate, but I saved that tweet and I'll come back to it later this season. I said Gabriel Jesus will score more goals than Holland this season in the Premier League. And I think that will actually happen. Not, and that's not really a bash on Erling Haaland, just to make There's that clear. There's
0: a good good. chance of that. You know why? Because Haaland might miss like 50% of all games.
2: That, that's another thing to, to mention too. But, but if I do you think.
0: fit, then I think you're wrong.
2: Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. But overall, I, I, I think Liverpool will win the league this season. Again, it's a two-horse race, okay? Mm-hmm. You look at Manchester City and Liverpool, they are still way ahead of most squads. I do agree that Chelsea has a lot of issues to address. I do think the signing of Kulubali and uh, who they signed yesterday, the left back from Brighton, Kuru Ksela, Kuru Ksela, Kuru Ksela, whatever. See, Kulubali can be a great sign. He can also be very injury prone at times. I don't think that changes the squad so much because their issues were mostly in terms of the final third. Right. And these players are not going to be of any addition to that. So I think Chelsea can have a problem. I agree with Adrian. They could slip out of the top four. I do think Tottenham and Arsenal will slip in. So I'll have probably Liverpool first, Man City second, then Tottenham and Arsenal third or fourth. I don't know. doesn't matter to me. Chelsea fifth. And I also think Manchester United is probably going to be around sixth place. The main signing of Manchester United was definitely Ten Hag because if you look at the other signings they made, how much of an impact are they actually going to have, right? I think it's more of a rebuilding year for Manchester United and... At least it looks like now, I've said this so many times the past decade, but it kind of looks like Manchester United have an idea of where to go with this now. Mm. But again, only time will tell. It's been a mess since Sir Alex has retired.
0: Mm. I guess it's going to also take some time, right, for for everything to click under Ten Hag. For sure. Um, I I find Chelsea kind of fascinating. Um, We we talked about this on the Game Pressing podcast because of the, the Timo Werner to Leipzig rumors and we were saying a lot of people have have been bashing timo but then we also looked at all the other strikers that chelsea have had and none of them have clicked it's almost like it's a striker graveyard there and under different coaches too which is also interesting right i mean it just seems like that they just can't get attacking players to work uh, very well at at that club Um, which is probably a story in itself but City are fascinating too, because like Adrian, as you pointed out, like so many players have left. Um again, I'm kind of baffled by this this rumor that um Bernardo Silva could be leaving for Barcelona. I, I I don't know how and why and why they would do this. But I mean at the end of the day, this is probably still the deepest squad in the league. Um they still have a coach that will win ninety percent of all games in, in the Premier League as well. Um they did lose out on Cucurella. I think mostly Chelsea signed him because they already had a like left back in Koval That you know it, it didn't really make that much sense why they brought this guy in as well. But my guess is they did they did the Cucurella signing, so City couldn't get him. Um, but having said that, I think that City are still the the deepest squad, and that's what makes you win in the league. And Erling Haaland and Alvarez—that's two two very good center forwards. I, I'm kind of with you, Filippo, a little bit that I'm not sure Erling Haaland is is going to take some time to work and work with the squad. I think he is an, a monster in the box, and his, his XG is incredibly high. But I'm not sure he's actually the right fit for this club and the Pep Guardiola system. And I also have in I also have worries about his fitness levels. Um, yeah.
2: Just to agree with you in a few points there, uh, the problem, the reason I, I'm saying I think Gabriel will get more goals than Haaland this season is, one, Gabriel Jesus usually is healthy, okay, for the most part. Yeah. He's not very injury-prone. The second thing is he will be the go-to guy up top for Arsenal, and Arsenal is capable of scoring high volumes of goal. And we know he can do that, and we've seen that in preseason. Also, Gabriel Jesus has been in the Premier League for long enough that he doesn't need any adaptation to the style of play, anything, the teams. He knows everything.
0: City is so different than Dortmund.
2: Yeah. Uh, So Holland will have a lot to adjust in terms of the club, the league, uh, and that can give Gabriel an advantage too. And also, if Holland is not performing or having issues, Pep's going to bench him. While Arsenal, it's very unlikely that Jesus can probably struggle a few games. Also, Man City is more capable of rotating. They're in the Champions League. Having so the ten-
0: said that, though, City will, you know, just the nature of the Premier League is that the, the bottom 10 teams are so poor that, that he will get like four or five goals in those games.
2: Yeah, but we saw Gabriel Jesus also get hat-tricks last season, right? Yeah. So that I think I think he's going to get more goals than Haaland. I don't think, just to make it clear, I don't think Gabriel Jesus is a better center forward than Haaland, okay? Before anyone takes that out of context, I just yeah, think yeah, that I he'll get, get more get goals them. in this season.
0: I think it's a, it's an interesting bet to make. I think it's not going to work out that way, but I can see why you're making it. Adrian, what do you think?
1: I just wanted to give some respect to Liverpool as well. And um, for me, it's always basically comes down to a coin flip between City and Liverpool because as their tra- or sorry, not their transfer races, their title races have gone in the last few I don't years. Think so it's always so close. But but hang on, I think that this Liverpool side is building for next season almost. I think that mm-hmm. Darwin, after one year in the Premier League, will be a monster. I think that Fabio Carvalho, this young kid that they brought in from Fulham for very cheap, he's already looked very, very good in preseason and it flashes in the community shield. I think he could be sort of the low-key, very good signing for them. So I think that next season, this Liverpool side is going to be incredibly, incredibly good. And who knows this season? I think that they could also take it all the way once again, just because it's it's Jurgen Klopp right and he just happens to always get something out of these teams no matter who he has in that squad so i think that liverpool is still going to be right there and whether they can capitalize on a potential slow start against or for man city this season will be very telling of how it goes yeah
0: i just think city will always get 93 to 96 points no matter what I mean, last year, the the Premier League was effectively over in January, even though there was a title race towards the end, I guess. But, you know, at that point, mathematics were just so against Liverpool that City couldn't mess up enough to throw away that title, right? Um, And I think this is just how City is. City will always get 93 to 96 points in the Premier League, and that's so hard to catch. And... um, yeah, I like what Klopp is doing. I think he's an, an, an amazing manager. Uh, he's doing probably the most with the least amount of resources in the top four teams, and um, you know we have to applaud him for it. But like, it's the, the way leagues are structured now; it's so difficult to dethrone a, a giant, right? Um, I see Josh. You're eager to say something.
3: No, I just love the point that you made about Klopp and and and. I don't know if you guys agree with this. It's an interesting take, but it popped right in my mind as soon as you were talking. And then, and I'm going to stick by it. I think that Klopp could do what Pep is doing at City, but I don't think Pep could do what yeah. Klopp is doing at Liverpool. Agree. And it, it's it's incredible what he's achieved with that team and the budget that he's had and the, wa- ma- the amount of players that he's turned into absolute superstars. So, yeah, one, in my opinion, probably the best manager. Or I mean, not him. Yeah, Josh, my, is the best manager in the world. He made Großkreuz a World Cup winning player. He did. Because <laughs> it's just what he does. I mean, he grabs young, talented players, and he just is able to bring them to a level. And they play such a, a specific and certain way. And it's it's just some of the most entertaining football that you're able to watch. Yeah. And he's done it at Dortmund. He's done it at Liverpool. And he's just, in my opinion, he's the best of the best. So, I mean, I, I, I always, if it came down to City and Liverpool, hope Liverpool gets the job done just because I think, yeah. you know, they're, they're fighting an uphill battle. <laughs> and they're doing an incredible job at doing it.
0: I agree. I like obviously I want I have more sympathy for Liverpool. I just think that mathematics are just against them because of the resources that City have. And it's it's very very difficult to dethrone them. Um, you know, that's just the
4: nature of how leagues have going are going now and it's it's just how it is. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000 and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, the same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over unders, and props. Your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh,
0: Guys, should we talk about La Liga next? And how Real Madrid are going to win everything again this year, including the Champions League? Anyone objecting to that?
2: I do not object. We can go.
0: Okay. Um, Are we going to have Barcelona register any of their new signings? Any thoughts on this?
1: (laughs) That's the first prediction we have to make is will their new signings be able to play? Um, I mean, as of today, it's, you know, I just saw a story coming out that La Liga hasn't allowed them to register some of their new signings just yet. And we're, what, a week out now, I think? So sad. (laughs) yeah yeah so it's I really don't know what to make of it because sometimes you have these windows where you bring in so many players where a lot of them are going to be right in that starting 11 immediately and it definitely just falls on Chavi to find that balance and if he's capable of doing so there was promising signs from him last season but there was also a lot of matches where they looked really poor so I think that it For me, it's still Real Madrid. They just seem to be such a cohesive unit. They didn't lose anyone important. They got rid of some of their deadwood, as Filippo mentioned last week on the pod, and they brought in a great young player in Xiuameni, brought in Rudiger as well, another very good player. So I think that, for me, Real Madrid is still the strongest team in Spain. They might be the strongest in Europe.
2: Huh?
0: Silence.
3: (laughs) No, no, I, I... I, I don't think they're the strongest in Europe. I, I think that by the skin of their teeth in what is the most beautiful cup competition that there is, they went on a, a cup run. I, I don't think. I think most of us can agree that they probably weren't the best team and it looked like at some point their was, luck was going to come to an end, but it just simply didn't happen. And it was one of the most, towards the end, like I'm not a Madrid fan at all. Um, and I mm. probably, in my back of my mind, didn't want them to win because they've already won the most. But how could if you're just watching as a neutral, which I was, how could you not want them to win it last year when that... In- just, it was just an incredible story. I wish it was a documentary because it was quite the watch. Mm. But I do think that they're probably the favorites in La Liga. I think who knows what Barca is going to turn into and if the red getting the people to register and whatnot. Athletic is another interesting case. You guys know that's my La Liga team. Mm. They're they're weird. I mean, they got saul coming back on loan after a, a bit of a disaster in Chelsea. They got Murata coming back on loan. They have Griezmann still sticking around. Uh, they still have Simeone. It's a very Chopped and put together team, and with the financial restrictions, they're going to be interesting. But to be fair, they like I would have said they are a worse looking team, but they've looked pretty good in preseason so far. But yeah. I mean, for me, I'm I'm probably gonna, yeah, I'm probably gonna back Madrid, Barca, Atletico, and in, in Sevilla. So no, no out there picks. I'm pretty boring, but that's kind of my 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 look at it. Filippo?
2: yeah. So assuming Barcelona finds a way to register their you know their players. Just assuming that, I actually think Barcelona are the favorites to win La Liga. I I think they would be. Uh, Here's the thing with La Liga, too. We talked about how many of the teams down in um, the Premier League, they're not very good, right? You talked about how they're poorly coached outside of the the top 10, maybe. La Liga is a very technical team, but Barcelona and Real Madrid are very much capable of dominating all these teams outside of maybe the top eight So it's going to really come down to that and how the matchups go. You know, Clásico, maybe Atlético Madrid, you know, Diego Simeone doing his terrorist soccer ball. Um, See how that part goes. But I think Barcelona will actually win the league. They have looked better under Xavi, right? Last season, a little bit. They looked a bit better. And then they had moments of ups and downs. We saw one of the downs in the Europa League when they got knocked out at home by Eintracht. Mm -hmm. But the signings they're made, I think last last week, right? I think we talked about here, me, Adrian, and Josh, how if they can register all these signings, the the transfer window they had has been one of the best transfer windows we've seen from any club in many seasons. Mm. Right? Look at the names they were able to bring, despite being completely broken in debt, they somehow managed to still make massive signings. I have Barcelona, but again, like many other leagues, this also is looking like a two-horse race with Atletico Madrid sort of nearby. And if Barcelona and Real Madrid have a very bad season, then possibly, but I don't see it happening. Real Madrid, like you said, they're looking very strong, stronger than last season, and Barcelona is looking far stronger. And they already dominated the league last year. So Atletico and Sevilla come a little bit behind, but Barcelona and Real Madrid will be the two, and I have probably Barcelona taking this one home.
0: Yeah. I guess the, the question really is the the signings. Um we probably have the two best number nines in La Liga if Lewandowski gets registered. Um, mm-hmm. Benzema and Lewandowski. I think that's gonna be an interesting race to watch. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, Barcelona, it's it's not what they did, it's how they did it. Um, which I think is highly questionable. And then of course the stories emerging that they hired uh, they tried to bribe someone at UEFA to investigate um, PSG and Man City while now they are like breaking every single financial fair play rule in the book themselves is it's a bit laughable Um, sounds like Barcelona yeah I mean it's like it's not good what's happening there for the game in general um I've been called out on Twitter because I've been saying like I'm making fun of Barcelona and people like you're doing this for engagements like no I'm because I'm critical of what Barcelona is doing I don't think it's good for the game. It's hugely damaging what they're doing. They're spending money that they don't have.
2: Well, the the question that has to be asked is this: they're, the, What they're doing is not sustainable. They're going to require either they're either going to go bankrupt or they're just going to have to get bailed out at one point if they keep doing the they're same thing
0: on the Super League.
2: Or or the Super League, yeah. So regardless the way it's going, what Barcelona is doing, it's not gonna stay this way. It's going they're gonna have to do a Super League, or go bankrupt, or get a bailout from Catalonia, something yeah. like that.
0: And it's gonna hurt the, the football. It's gonna hurt football overall.
2: A lot. Yeah. It, it's kind of like in the world economy when a major economy goes down, it drags a bunch of them with him. It's what Barcelona would probably it, do.
0: It, they're the equivalent. You remember when... Maybe I'm the only one who was old enough to remember this, but you know during the 2008 recession when there were all these bad banks? Yes. Yeah, Barcelona are the bad bank of football.
2: Essentially. They're the Lehman brothers.
0: Yeah, they're the <laughs> Lehman brothers of football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sad because this is a huge institution. I loved what Barcelona did with, like, during the run of the New Year's and then when Messi first emerged. But right now, this is this is... It's a dangerous game, and it's 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 threatening the economics of world football. Not just them; it's threatening everyone.
2: Right? Yeah. uh, Go, but just looking at the soccer or football aspect, if they can sign and register everyone, yeah, I think they have a heck of a team right now. But yes, they do need to. Someone does have to do something about it because we thought when Bartomil left, things would change. But it looks like it's still the same with La Porta, maybe just not as corrupt, maybe. But mm. it's not looking good.
0: All right, guys, let's move on to Serie A. Um, probably the hardest league to predict. Who wants to go first with this?
2: Can I? Go for it. Yeah. So last season, well, the past two seasons have been very enjoyable because it' a little nostalgic, if I, if you ask me, because we started to see the Milan teams battling out twice for the Scudetto, right? We saw Inter Milan win it two seasons ago with, I believe, AC Milan was in second place. Last year, AC Milan took it and Inter Milan finished second. But it looks like this year we're going to have a lot of candidates that could win the title, right? You look into it, AC Milan, definitely a contender. Inter Milan, definitely a contender. Probably the team that has the most depth out of all these teams, Inter Milan right now. And they made some good signings. Juventus is a contender for sure, even though the injuries right now, and I do have question marks in terms of their depth. Napoli at one point last season looked like they were going to win, but Napoli kind of fell off. They had a very hot start and fell off, and they finished a couple points behind in third place. Roma under Jose Mourinho also signed DiBala. I don't know. It's looking good, the league. And then there's these other teams like Atalanta and Lazio that can cause problem. But to me, this league probably has four title contenders, four or five reasonable ones.
0: The most
3: exciting league to watch, Josh, this year, maybe? I I think so. And I mean, sorry for the music if you guys heard that in the background, but I think it's the most exciting one and it's been the most exciting one for a few years. It's been yeah. basically after nine seasons of Juve winning it in a row and there was a couple late pushes from Napoli in those years, Juve just kind of took a huge step back while the other clubs took a massive step forward, specifically the Milan clubs. And mm. it's a league that I want to watch this year after watching the last couple of years it's the most entertaining there's so much talent I liked some of the storylines like Dybala going to Roma and the fans just embracing him I I'm really curious to see if you guys have a Syria side because I'm I'm told myself like I want to watch a little bit more this year I, mm. I I didn't as much last year and I got a way to watch it this year and that was always been an issue with the Syria in Canada it's just there's no like good way of watching it now with streaming services you you guys know how it is but I'm curious I'm just trying to tell myself all right what what club do I want to kind of like Focus on it. So, I mean, for me, in terms of standings, it's it's so difficult. Like, I'm actually struggling with this one. I'm I'm gonna go with Inter. I think that they kept a lot of their pieces. They got Lukaku coming back. Gonna recreate that partnership up front with Lattaro. I, I like what Chalonalu did there last year. I think that Inzaghi in, uh, just did an incredible job. So, I'm gonna go with them. And I, I'm gonna probably say Juve is gonna take a big step forward after a bit of a disappointing season in second, Napoli third, and AC Milan fourth. I don't think AC really did enough to really compete again i thought there was times last year like i had question marks of whether they could hold on but all, all in all i think it's gonna be the same top four with roma probably being that fifth one pushing it for it but i don't know adrian or any of you guys you guys have a serious side i know Filippo probably keeps I, an eye on, on yeah, UBay, but i mean no, no no no
2: i just before adrian i i have inter milan winning actually because of depth that's the main concern that i yeah, would have i agree with um, uh, that's the main reason, essentially. But again, it's not like their depth is that crazy high that it's just that look at it this way. Um, if they lose a player like Lukaku, they still have a Lotaro Martinez to provide goals. Right. If you look at these other rosters, if they lose a player here and there, it's not the case.
1: With Lotaro, as we saw last season, he definitely needs someone to play off of him. Um, and so if Lukaku or someone does get injured, I do worry about them a little bit. But I think overall, Josh, you should support uh, AC Monza because they, that's Berlusconi's team, man. He's back in Serie A. Berlusconi and Galliani He's are back. back in Serie A, Adrian. He's also Wait, there. the
2: AC Milan owner? Yeah, the, the former one. Yeah. Wasn't he in prison?
0: Yeah, well, no. no. I mean, should be, but...
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> if they would have kept Balotelli, may, maybe, but no, should have, really could have, did it. Uh, But I mean, that
1: aside, I think I'm going to go with AC Milan just because I believe in Pioli and what they did last season. And I do like some of the players that they added, like Charles de Catalada, I think will be like a big revelation, formerly of Club Brugge, as you guys are obviously aware of. Um, really good young player. They also added Divacarigi to their front line, which they were absolutely dying for because they got through with basically. Um, who was it? Geroud and, and Zlatan, etc. last season. So I'm going to go with AC Milan again. They added a few good players. I think that they'll keep it going. Um, and then I think it's going to be Inter. Juve, it's difficult with Juve because they've brought in decent players. But like Filippo pointed out, they just can't they stay healthy.
0: Great as well.
1: And Kostic, yeah, that would be an incredible signing. Um, but the injuries on that team already are just brutal. And you can't really trust a lot of their players to stay healthy, unfortunately. So I'm going to have them in third. And then I think Roma is going to be in fourth because I really like what Roma has done. I think that they're excelling well under Mourinho. He seems happy in Italy, at least for now. Um, <laughs> who would be me? happy in Italy. Oh, of course. Living in Roma. <laughs> and I mean, bringing in Paulo Dybala was and huge. Tammy a- was great last season they yeah. they brought in uh it looks like Vinaldum is signing Nemanja Matic not the greatest signing done what's that Yeah, I just saw him at the airport getting welcomed there. And also, I have a soft spot for AS Roma just because their support is just insane. I would love to go and watch a match there. Beautiful city too. Beautiful city. So I would like to see AS Roma make a, you know, give a good run at that top four and get in there as well. But I think I'm going to go with the AC Milan uh, double. I'm going to say that they're going to pull it off once again Mm. with a close second by Inter, third Juve, and then uh, Roma in fourth.
0: Mm. yeah. It's, for me, it's Inter. So much depth. I'm a Filippo on this one. But you know what? And this is going to be a great transition. I, I look at Serie A and where the league is now. And I have to say that competition gives me the most hope that one day the Bundesliga will have a title race again. Because Serie A with Juventus at the top was what the Bundesliga at the moment is with Bayern Munich at the top. And this is going to be the easiest predictions I'm going to make this on this show. I think that Bayern Munich are going to win the title. Um, I am curious
3: Josh if you disagree with me here <laughs> no not not even in in the in the slightest I I think it's it, it, it it's disappointing as a as a fan of the Bundesliga kind of the same way it was in Serie A when these titles just kept stacking up and Juve yeah. hit nine and you're just kind of like when is this going to end and then all of a sudden they just had one of the biggest drops-offs I've, I've ever really seen I don't think Bayern's gonna go through that now I'm curious to pick your brain as well because mm. I think this season will be a lot different. And I've spoken very vocally about the loss of Lewandowski and what it means. It's not like losing, I think, any other yeah. big striker around the world. He is probably the greatest striker I've seen in like in, in my young life. Like, I mean, I wasn't wasn't able to watch consistently like the other mm. Ronaldo and, and whatnot. But i am just a pure number nine. I think Lewandowski is the best in the business. And for him to leave and go with the incredible amount of goals he scored in the last like three seasons, I think it was like. High 30s, and if not the the record breaking 40. So having him gone is one big thing, and the other one for me is I think Nagelsmann, if in this I'm kind of looking at it as a bit of a bad way, is going to put more of his stamp on this team. And I feel like last season he played a lot of that that back three, but he could also shift shift into four two three one, and he kind of like transitioned into his style. And I feel like this year you're going to see a lot of the four two 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 and the three maybe five two or three four or two one. So I'm very curious to see what that transition is going to look like and if the players are going to buy in, and especially what Sadio Mane is going to be able to put up top. I mean, we've already seen him score in the Super Cup, looked pretty good, but their, their back line looked a little leaky. So at the end of the day, I just think there's too much talent there. They're not going to going to lose out on the title, but I think maybe they can make things a little bit more interesting. So I was curious to see what your take on that was, Manuel, and if, if you think Nagelsmann putting his own uh, style that he played in Leipzig actually might you know, be a bit of a transition and maybe not go as fl- fluid as you might expect.
0: Yeah, I think it was, oh man, I've done so many shows lately. I think it was with you, Adrian, that I talked about this, right? That the first few five match days, there's actually um, enough opportunities there for Bayern to do to, to lose points, um, to stumble here and there. Um, I think there's an opportunity for other teams to sort of hurt Bayern while they are in transition. Uh, Matthias, de Licht, Matthias de Licht comes in very late. Um, and he doesn't have the fitness levels yet required to, to play that sort of style. So I think there's still a vulnerability there as well. I think that the 4 2 2 2 2 formation um, with Musiala and Müller um, behind two false number nines is, is scary good. But um, it's also something where chemistry still is in the works, right? And gonna see how, how that how effective that is to start the season. So I think there's some opportunities there for other teams to hurt Bayern Munich early on. And obviously we're recording this um with twenty-five minutes ahead of of the game against <laughs> Frankfurt. So we'll see how that went. But I mean there is an opportunity there right now and we'll have to see. But at the end of the day, maybe them not relying on a single striker and this is actually always where I have some hope for Dortmund to be honest with you Josh is that them not maybe relying on a single striker might actually make them better because there's some statistical evidence out there that teams that have been overly reliant on one striker actually end up scoring less goals rather than more right because um the, the 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 through ball always tends to go to the same guy. And this is this is what we've seen with Dortmund, but we've also seen this with Juventus and Man United with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um as Adrian just put in the chat, the CR7
1: problem. <laughs> and it's good to, it's good there's good evidence for that, right, Adrian? Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean, speaking for Portugal, at least it's every single ball goes through Cristiano Ronaldo, basically. And it's whether that's good or bad. I don't know. We have some evidence of Portugal playing better without him on the pitch. People get very emotional about that, though, of course. Um, Because look, obviously, strikers like this, like Ronaldo, like Lewandowski, they add that lethal component into the box. So it's hard to look past them or to ignore them or not play the ball to them. But I think almost subconsciously, the players default to them. And like you were saying, I think that can be detrimental to the team overall sometimes.
0: Yeah, sometimes teams get better when they take the best piece out, uh, which is really weird because it doesn't make a lot of sense at a first glance. I did an an article um, because... There was these silly rumors that Cristiano Ronaldo could join Bayern Munich. So I did a pro and con article on the pros of him joining and the cons of him joining. And the the big con is that Cristiano Ronaldo has made teams worse. Um, He's made Juventus worse and he's made Man United worse. And as you said, he's also recently made Portugal worse. And I mean, this isn't a Cristiano Ronaldo specific problem. This can also be applied to other players which is fascinating in itself, right? Um, I think that Dortmund heavily relied on Erling Haaland, for example. Every true ball, every long ball went on him and they had just one system and that was it. And I think with them playing with three forwards it makes them a lot harder to um, to play against. And I think Leipzig very much have had that for a while too, where they haven't really relied on uh, one guy, but many. So it will be interesting to see how, how Dortmund uh, Bayern, do this transition. Um, I think at the end of the day, they're just too strong um, to not win the title, but we'll see um, sooner or later this run, every run ends and we'll see if it's this year. Uh, any final thoughts on the, on the Bundesliga guys?
2: I just wanted, I didn't say anything because you guys, especially Manuel and Josh followed the Bundesliga far more than myself, but I just want to say, I can't see Bayern not winning it. It would, have to be made the The team just by the signings, they actually look to me like they're gonna be better this year than they were last year. That, that well, little,
0: straight from this team to win the Champions League, right? This is what they've
2: done. That's and, what they're gonna go for, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then obviously, if you have a team strong enough to win the Champions League, your team is also strong enough to win the Bundesliga. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, this team, the, the moves and everything well, that they've made is like a reaction to losing to Villarreal.
2: Well, Manuel, let's put it this way. Besides Bayern, is there any other Bundesliga team right now that could possibly win the Champions League? No, realistically, no. So remember. Bayern is clearly think, the favorite.
0: I think Dortmund are building towards something where they could, um, but not this year. Yeah, All right. Uh, I think there's a couple teams that you, you know could do what Eintracht Frankfurt did and win the Europa League, um, but the Champions League is just. The quality isn't there but like Bayern Munich are probably one of these three favorites to win the Champions League right um with what everything that they have done so and that makes it really difficult for all the teams in that league to compete and that's the sad reality of it um boys that is our I guess that's our prediction then we got all the predictions for for the top four leagues um we do we did want to uh, take a quick look at the MLS transfer window which closed um last night but in true MLS fashion, um, the window may be closed, but transfers are still getting announced. Lippo, uh, you you kind of work in this league a little bit. Why is that? W- w- why can it not be like everyone else and actually uh, deals? Man, it's, it's the
2: it's <laughs> the gam tam ram damn money. <laughs> it's just it's just it, today I saw a tweet. Uh, it was from Tom Boger, uh, and he was he was like saying they signed. I think it was Matt Miazga. On a yeah. TAM, a Max TAM deal. I was like, what the heck are you? Dude, why can't we just keep things simple here in M- Why is everything so... It's like a DP rule, a young DP, a GAM, a TAM. Need like um, a PhD in
0: MLS to understand.
2: Yeah, and then, and then the average soccer fan was just like, I don't feel like understanding this. But there were good... I I, th- I personally think this was probably... Uh, I want to say over for the long term... Obviously, when you look back and you see transfer windows where MLS signed David Beckham or Zlatan, yeah. Um Jovinko, sure, there were ones that had maybe more star power than this one, even though we did bring in Insini, In terms of... The, the in ter- Garrett, oh, yeah, we did bring Gareth Bale on this <laughs> one, too. And Kalini, I think this was the best transfer window that MLS has ever had. You also got some young players that for the long term of the league will be interesting. Right. To see how it plays out. Some South Americans and guys that came from Europe too. You brought back some players that just weren't working in Europe. Right. We talked a little bit before we started here. Richie Larea went to nothing in forest. Wasn't working for him. Comes back to get minutes. Matt Miazga was like traveling Europe for five years or six years. He went there in 2016. So it's been six years that Matt Miazga was on a Euro trip. Time to come back. Was traveling through every single country there for different teams. There, I thought they were pretty good transfers. And then today, I, I believe it was just announced now because I saw Crystal Palace saying goodbye to him. They also signed Benteke right now, Um DC it. United. Yeah. So I, I don't know, Manuel, if you agree with me. You work there with the league too, but it looks to me like this is the best transfer window MLS has seen. Maybe a turning point. We can see more windows like this rather than signing only players near retirement. You see... Yeah younger players players in their prime and like um ricky puig right you were going to talk about him too yeah from barcelona
0: ricky puig is an interesting signing um it's that's the kind of signing i want to see more of like the talent that hasn't quite worked out and just needs playing time because it's not like you're going to mls now and you're never going to leave we've seen plenty of players go to the mls go and then leave and play in a different league so you know there's, there's an opportunity there for, to provide young players in Europe a good lifestyle a good training environment because this is one thing that mls probably does the best of every uh, every one every single league outside of the top uh, actually really top 2 league because even outside of the bundesliga the premier league the training environment really drops but mls training environments the facilities and everything that they have is on the bundesliga premier league level so if you're a young player like Ricky Pique and you want to go to develop outside of a top four league that's probably the place for you to go because of the the environment that you are in and on a professional training level is really really high
2: i also think that one thing is mls does give young players minutes right you go to some leagues are reluctant to do so because of fan pressure media pressure mls doesn't really have fan pressure media pressure so the player can actually relax and just play their game as i do believe that accountability pressure does help over the long term build a better player right
0: but not if you want to reconstruct
2: your career exactly you need peace to work on it so it's a great place for young players um to get their career back on track like you just talked he's what he's 23 right now Yeah, Pre- he's
0: 2023 august 15th
2: yeah so he's still got a lot of time he can play two seasons in mls if he kills it go back to europe at age 25
0: Exactly, it's 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 a it makes sense, and I think this is the sort of stuff that MLS needs to go for. It's a smart transfer.
2: Yes, it's far better than just signing thirty-five-year-old superstars at this point. It's, it's also
0: signing an insignia to Toronto.
2: I agree. I agree. Uh, it, it also is you bring players that are hungry, right? Because he's not going to want to stay in MLS his whole career, so he's going to want to perform and play well to get back in Europe in the top leagues. So you want these players that are hungry rather than players that just come here for a vacation or just to make bank at the end of their career. I, I I like most of the transfers that happen in MLS. I do understand that some accounts overhyped it as if some of them are crazy good players. No, they're players to re- re- recover their career essentially. But i much rather have that signing than washed up 35-year-olds. Yeah. Right?
0: I think Alessandro Schepf, through the Whitecaps is a really smart signing too. Here's a guy who was still playing very meaningful minutes in the Bundesliga last year for a club that got relegated essentially last minute for Arminia Bielefeld, right? He's a current Austrian national team player. He's only 28. You know, you could see him play a year or two in MLS and then go back to Europe um, on and actually make money. You know, those are the kind of deals where I'm like, wow, that's smart. That's a really smart piece of business. And so is the Ricky Poik. There was a couple other ones that kind of stand out to me that were sort of like that. There's Dennis Buongo signing for LAFC. He's a good signing too.
1: Um, Nuno you know, Santos for Charlotte could be yeah, good. Yeah,
0: exactly. is a good example as well, right? These are guys that they're going to increase their market value and then get moved on again.
2: Yeah, and man, I want to add one thing too. I think it's becoming a good league for the, the. you know, Brazil has the prospects that are expected to be world-class and those go right to Europe, right? Yeah, the European exactly. clubs come and get 20, 30, 40 million and take them. But it can be a good league for those Brazilian talents that are not highly rated yet, but you know Brenna, they're talented.
0: Brenna, for example. Thales Magno,
2: Thales Magno. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and he's having a great year this year. So he just, was like the Doorman at one yeah, point. Yeah, and you know, Brenner has really struggled in his first season, but this year he's been excellent.
2: Yeah. Uh, the the thing is, these like Thales Magno was actually highly rated in Brazil, and, and they were saying he was going to go to Dortmund, but then he blew his knee, and Vasco got relegated. They didn't have money, and it was kind of weird for him coming back. A so
0: perfect example he, of a guy that reconstructed his career in MLS.
2: Yes, and and probably in one or two seasons he'll be ready to go to one of the top leagues. Just and and New York City FC probably won't cause much problem with that, right? They they let Tati go on a loan. They
0: um, to send him to Spain, to his Girona, to on loan, where he can present him on a higher level, and then they sell him.
2: Exactly. So I I honestly think that's where the league has to go, and it'll be far more interesting than it's it's time to put the retirement league past and become a league of essentially where players can put their career back on tracks and develop young talent. And then eventually if the league brings in enough money, you can become much more competitive. But what I would like to see Manuel, is a lot of these MLS clubs, the money that's coming in from transfers they're selling. I want to see them also reinvest more and more in their academies. I think that's Mm -hmm. very important too.
0: Some teams have good academies.
2: Some do. Yeah.
0: I mean, um, we see it in Vancouver and Toronto. Those are good. Well, they had scandals, but they still produce players. Um, I think a couple of things that I want to point out. SoFi, amazing event between uh, the Galaxy, Chivas, uh, LAFC, and America. It shows you the potential that this league has, because this wasn't two European teams going against each other. This was MLS and Liga MX teams. And I think that makes me really excited about the reformed Leagues Cup next year, right? When our teams participate, I think the, the demand is going to be insane. But also, Josh, before we go, Richie Larrera comes back. Um, speaking about guys that want to reconstruct their career, um, this is going to be um, a very good signing f- for Toronto, but also Richie Larrere, of course, trying to reconstruct his career and uh, get meaningful minutes before Qatar.
3: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, he, he obviously wanted to follow his dream. He went to Europe, he joined Forrest, and he joined Forrest in ninth place. So, he, I mean, he joined literally one of the hottest teams in football last season which is why it was so difficult for him to to get in he didn't really get the manager's trust they went on a run got promoted if he wasn't getting minutes in the championship he mean he's surely not going to get them in the prem he'd be a fringe player at best so he wanted to take a look around and there was reports that there was interest in the netherlands the back in the championship so he could have went down to a championship club but if you're looking after the last 6 months that you just spent in at Nottingham i mean you want minutes and if you're going to the championship you're kind of on the outside looking in already the the league is already started you're going to have to hope that you can get on form and get the trust of a manager and fight your way back in and that's a bit of a risk he he dirty took that risk so he he wants to be able to be fully fit because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity at this upcoming world cup you perform yeah. well there who knows what other opportunities can maybe come your way so he got a loan move back to TFC. They're, they're desperate for a right-handed side. Larray can also play on the left. So he'll be very important to that way that the TFC side plays. And then once he goes back and can, I mean, he'll play immediately. That's the number one thing. He will mm-hmm. walk into that team. He's a comfortable setting. And then from there, I mean, hopefully get on good form, get a lot of minutes, shine at the World Cup. TFC don't have an option to buy, but the loan is until is until June of 2023. So I don't know where is it. Long-term future will lie, but I mean, the number one thing he's got to hope is that he can get back fully fit up into this World Cup and hopefully make an impact with Canada. Exactly.
0: All right, that's it, guys. I have to run and watch some football. Bundesliga is back. Football is back. Club football is back. Thank you for listening, everyone. Please leave us a review. Uh, Five-star rating only, please. Um, And we are going to be back next week with another episode. Until then, cheers and bye-bye.